Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Chatter. I'm your boy, Just Ray. Uh, let's see. Tonight we're doing a rebroadcast because maybe Blog Talk Radio had some technical issues. So we want to make sure we give everybody a chance to comment and talk to Miss Michelle. Bro, Ms. Michelle, are you there? Yes. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So hopefully there's no feedback tonight because last time there was. So uh, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, and I think uh, I guess people want me to comment. Uh, thank you for graciously coming back to do another show. Um, I want to give the audience an opportunity to talk to you and interact with you a little bit more. Maybe even perhaps talk about your books and numbers. But until then, we can maybe rehash what we talked about initially. Sure. Yeah, I had a few people say that they were listening and they had a lot of feedback, so they could hear me, but they said I sounded good, but there was a lot of feedback. So I think the echo was there. There was technical difficulties. Yeah. So, wait, we did get some comments. I think I sent them to you or you got them. Did you want to address any of them besides that? problem, the sound issue they may have got. Maybe they had their laptop on while they were listening to it on the phone, which is always right, a, right. That's always the yeah. first problem that most people have. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, no, if, yeah, if you have it on your, your computer and you're also dialed in and called in in the queue, you're going to have feedback. So definitely that's yeah. a faux pas. So, yeah. yeah. That's what our that's producers and our technical one. team are talking about. The first issue. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, all right, find some numbers. Uh, let's do. A, let's just do a reintroduction for shits and giggles. Uh, go ahead. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, I've been a numerologist for about 25 years. I know that dates me a little bit, but uh, you know, it, it's something that. It just came upon me. It was something that I wasn't looking for. I wasn't, um, you know, pursuing it or anything. And I was in corporate HR banking at the time. I had done a business degree. I wasn't spiritual at all. And I started dreaming in numbers around the age of 22, 23. And, and like I said, you know, having no spiritual background, no religious upbringing, it was quite a surprise when I started having that occur. And so I, I wrote it down every night, all of these numbers that were on license plates, doors, street signs, you you name it, it was everywhere. And it, it happened for about three months and then I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, you know, I've got to figure this out. What is going on? What is this freaky thing that's happening to me? So I stumbled upon numerology and it literally decoded all of these numerical sequences that were answers to what I had been through, what I was going through, and foreseeing into the future. It was it just incredibly mind-blowing, mind-altering, reality-altering. And I fell in love with numbers, numerology. And, of course, in hindsight, you know, I was in enriched math in, in middle school and, of course, going into HR banking, you know, that was also numbers. So um, 
I also had a photographic memory for numbers when I was growing up and into my adulthood. If anyone told me an address or a phone number or a street, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter, I would remember that numerical code. So it was just numbers, though. It was nothing else. It was only numbers. So in hindsight, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, and numbers were my thing. But it wasn't until I had that aha moment with decoding all those dreams that I really realized, okay, this is my thing. I have to drop, you know, bow out of uh, corporate because it was, even though I was good at it, um, I definitely worked my way up the the corporate chain really quickly. And I was working under the director as kind of her right-hand man at the end, but I really didn't enjoy it. I hated going to work every day. So I I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but I, I literally jumped ship and went into entrepreneurial pursuits from uh, working a nine-to-five job. So I, I didn't have any leeway between, and, and it worked for me. So, you know, I, I went into entrepreneurial um, lifestyle automatically, and it just snowballed. It was It was amazing. It was like when it's right, it's right. You know, when you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing, it works out. So that's what happened to me. Synchronicity. I fell into the river of synchronicity. And I always tell people, once you do that, once you're in the river of synchronicity, don't get out because everything just seems to fall into place like magic. Things come to you. So that's what happened to me. And that's kind of the story of how I got into the numbers. And because I'm from a background of no spirituality or no religion, I approach the numbers from a very, very mathematical, scientific, quantum physics viewpoint, and they're never wrong. It's it's incredibly amazing. It, you know, I wish I could say I'm never wrong, but it's it's not me. I'm just the translator, and that is my gift. I'm the, you know, gifted translator, I guess you could say. So the numbers are never wrong. Anyone can pick up a numerology book and read it and say, okay, here's your numbers. But I, my gift wait, is wait, the wait, translation. Wait, 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 A numerology book or your numerology book? Because you're the expert. Well, well, it depends. I mean, you know, I, I definitely have another book coming out that is far greater than my first kind of basics numerology because there's so much more than meets the eye. I mean, it is like the matrix. It really is. I mean, if you look at the world, we have 54 different patterns and you know, in mathematics, we have nine numbers, of course. Every number in creation is created with nine numbers. And so this next book is going to just, like, be so mind-blowing for people that it it's so basic yet so intricately complicated at the same time. I can't really give a lot of detail, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's it like I say, you know, we have one to nine as our basic mathematic numerical figures also a zero which is more of a placeholder because we have two plus zero is is two and two minus zero is two so it doesn't do anything it's just a placeholder so numerology is also based on the numbers one to nine but because our date of birth and any number in existence can can be added to one of 54 patterns and that is based on the numbers one to nine because we have one of one two of two three of three, four, four, all the way to nine. So we have 54, but five plus four is nine. So it's all about nine. It's all about the base patterns of nine. So it's scientific. It's just, it's like I said, this next book is basic, but but intricately mind-blowing, if, if you can wrap your brain around that. Oh, okay, wow. That's, that's a lot. So uh, when you were dreaming about numbers, have you seen the movie Beautiful Minds? With Russell Crowe? Uh, I believe I did, yeah. Were you like, you know how he saw the numbers when he was looking around and we was having his daydreams or I guess his little episodes. Were you seeing numbers like that? Yes. And I still do. I see 1111 all the time, 444-333. I mean, my license plate, I got a car, it was ending in 333. And I went to Vaughn's the other day and I swear I wish I had brought my phone usually I don't if I'm going somewhere really quick and I didn't and there was a jeep there a black jeep that had m-i-c-h three 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 
Wow. So my name, Miss, Miss, three, and I was just dying. I was like, do I go back to the house? Because it's like literally up the street, like, you know, half a mile. And uh, will it be there when I get back? Uh, it was just amazing. I just, you know, I see this all the time. And I actually got a tattoo many years ago in 2013 because, and I'm not a big tattoo fan, but I got a small 1111 tattoo on my right wrist because 1111 followed me everywhere for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And it guided me in waves. So every time I would see 1111 coming, it would come all the time. I would see it on clocks, at street signs. I would be at a light, you know, at a a stoplight and, and through the the parking lot I would see on the truck that their number would be one 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 at the end or something and it just just it would show up everywhere and every place that you could possibly imagine and every time I would see it I would know I would have this good feeling that something huge is coming something big is coming something enormous is coming and usually 99.9% of the time, that's what would happen and then it would die out for a little while and then it would come back again in another wave so. That's what's been happening for many years for me. And then now I'm starting to see 444, and a lot of people are seeing that as well. And that is like the next level to 1111 because 4 is actually, if you think about it, in in numerology we go in three levels because we think we feel we do. That's how we are as humans. We don't really have any other level of existence that is primary. So we, you know, we have those three levels, but the fourth level is, wait a minute, you know, I have control over my reality. I can actually manipulate energy. I can manifest in this lifetime. I can control the video players in my video game. And it's so true because energy is what we can manipulate. And that's why we're here in this lifetime. I know this sounds wacky and airy fairy, but really that's what the earth school is all about is is learning to manipulate energy because energy cannot be destroyed but it can be manipulated and molded and changed but it can never be destroyed so we are here for that so the 444 is showing us that next level of existence that one that step up that says wait i'm conscious of the fact that i can actually manipulate things in my life to make it better or worse or whatever I want to do with it. So that is that is why a lot of people are saying 444. And it's actually, you know, a lot of people say it's the angel number. And, and in fact, it is. Because a lot of people who do have angelic intervention and say they're in a crisis situation and they remember seeing somebody and they never saw them again. And they very well could have been an angelic being, which is, four is the energy that they use or utilize from the spiritual dimension to permeate or manifest or slow down their energy to manifest into the physical realm. So that is one of the things. I know that sounds like, again, people who are listening, it's like, yes, I keep it really practical and real, but I also had three near-death experiences. And I know that, you know, the afterlife does overlap this one by a third. And there is a thing called the void. I call it the void. Some people call it purgatory, whatever your religion is. But there is, you know, there are common denominators among spiritual experiences like that. So, you know, I have to weave the the fact with the faith, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I want to maybe touch on the NDEs while we're waiting on people to call in. Uh, a question about, I think this might be something that people want to know about. Uh, a lot of people are doing the entrepreneur thing, and they're creating ebooks and books. Can you tell us about that process? Like, how hard is it, and what would you kind of like suggest people kind of do that want to make books kind of like you did? What did you do? Did you, like, lock yourself in a closet? How did, how did you do that? I did, that? actually. <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, I that that was back in the day, though. You know, that was like 2013, where I literally did. I had a three-story condo in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I went down in the basement, and um, I literally stayed there day and night, pretty much, for about four months, and I wrote those two books back to back, and I had to mm-hmm. because I was waking up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. and I would have like several chapters in my head and I'm like, I got to get this out. So 
it, it was just kind of a download. So I don't really feel like these books were mine anyway. They were, because a lot of people said, well, Michelle, why aren't you writing the numerology book first? Why are you writing the energy of words first? And I, I kept saying, because it's there. It's like it needs to come out. There's something in me that just has to get this out. And so that came first. And then the numerology book, which is like kind of a handbook to basics of numerology, came second. Because it, it just there was something about the energy of words. And it is still a bestseller for, I mean, it's almost 10 years now. And it's still a bestseller in its category in my publisher uh, or on my publisher's website. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. It's still on the number one page in bestsellers in my category. So it, it's been something that a lot of people have resonated with and they still do. I mean, a lot of people talk about how words are affected. I mean, think about it. As humans, we are the only species that can communicate consciously through words. So that's a hugely powerful tool to say, okay, you know, we could be going through our life every day and saying, okay, we want to ma- manifest that Bentley in our yard. Okay, so we want that Bentley. So we're, we're thinking about it. We're using the secret and the law of attraction, and we're thinking about it. We're driving that Bentley. We're putting the passion behind it. But what are you doing today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, and so on to manifest that Bentley in your yard? If you're not taking action, which is the third part of the puzzle, then it's not going to come to you, I'm sorry. You know, it's just not going to happen because we think, we feel, we do. And that's why we have a physical body because without the doing process, we're we're never going to manifest what we want. We can think and feel all we want, but it's never going to happen. So I love the secret movie. It's great and all, but they forget that one hugely important piece. And, you know, it's been a long time since something has come out after the fact, and and I think it's well overdue, but of course my book and my documentary cover that, so hopefully soon that will be coming out as well. I have another project in the works first, but that covers that whole area of taking action because you that's that's why we're given the physical body to make it happen, to bring our ideas to fruition. So you know that is one of the things that that really drove me to share the power of language with other people and and bring out that book first was because I wanted to share with people that words are so incredibly powerful because we not only think, we write, and we also speak in words. So all those things affect our day-to-day life. So it doesn't matter if we're wanting that Bentley and we're focusing on that. If we stub our toe and call ourselves an idiot or, you know, some sort of, you know, berating name, then that's going to lower our energy, lower our frequency. And and that's going to affect what we're manifesting overall. So it's going to affect our vibration. Okay. So so we kind of like went on a tangent. So I was talking about the the actual production of your book. Like how hard was it? Like what did you have to do? Like did you go through the process of getting like the ISBN numbers, your publisher? How did that work? Like for an entrepreneur that wants to kind of oh, learn that, from, pick that skill from you, yeah. Well, that was, you know, for me, I mean, I had a publisher. So I I kind of like thought, you just, okay, you just so had a I book, wanted, you wrote a book, and then magically had a publisher? How does well, that? Well, the thing is, I manifested that. And, and that's not going off on a tangent because it really brings it back to the point of manifesting because – I said, screw it. You know, I can't get a an agent because the thing is in the publishing world, you can't get an agent without a published book and you can't get a published book without an agent. So I said, screw it. I'm going to send it out. And I sent it out to Llewellyn and in two weeks they were all over it. They said, yes, we definitely want you. We And they don't normally take anybody without an agent in representation. So I was very, very fortunate to have that. But not everybody gets that stroke of luck, of course. But I don't recommend self-publishing at all. I'm not a proponent of that in the, you know, the least. Because I, I feel like, number one, media won't, won't touch you. They won't even interview you. They think that, okay, you can't get into Barnes & Noble, so, we're, you know, we're not going to – we don't think you have enough clout. So self-publishing, yes, you can get 100% of the profits. 
but you're peddling yourself. You're working day and night to try to, to get yourself out there versus having a publisher behind you. It is night and day because, yes, you only get 10%, but you get to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of copies without doing anything. So that's that's with a regular book. With an ebook, it's a little different. I think that yes, you could go ahead and self-publish if you wanted to. However, I would still recommend having some sort of clout behind you. And and I know that sounds strange with an ebook, but it's true. And it's still kind of a snooty industry where people, especially you know media and things like that, getting interviews. People just don't like when you're self-peddling. It's just, it's like, I don't know. It's it's like a stigma that won't go away. So I, you know, there's there's ways around it. I mean, there's, I, this could be a whole other podcast, a whole other conversation. But definitely, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a proponent of self-publishing in general. I mean, it's not something that... It's time-consuming. It, it is, you know, all of those things. So if you want to make a buck, you want to automate things at least, you want to make things smooth and slick and quick so you're not always putting it out there all the time and you're not always, you know, advertising. And, you know, so get things together where you're having funnels and, and putting things out there, advertising um, links where it's it's kind of automated so you're not, you know, just pushing and peddling all the time because it's a lot of work for a lot, not a lot of money if, you, if you're talking about ebooks. So that's my take on that. Oh, interesting. Um, well, with my well, let me just say, let me just put a side note on that. So, I have a okay. I have a course. So, I have an ebook course. Um, it is numerology, and it's four levels, and I do very well with it. But it's something I've had for a while now, and it's been out there. It's gotten you know picked up with Google, and you know it's all over different various platforms and all of that. So it's it's. I guess visible, and so people notice so, it. But also, at the same time, it's platform. You know, you have to have a platform to sell your stuff. That's the other side of things. So, okay, the question is, okay, two questions. All right, on your ebook side, right? Right. Your uh, when did you start to see profit from it? And but you were that was something that you were doing on your own, right? The ebook that right. you have for your course, you did it by yourself. When did you I did. see that pick up? Was it after you did a show or was it after a YouTube thing? What, it when was, did you start seeing it? It was after I started building my platform. So, like I said, platform is everything. You know, if you don't have a lot of followers, then you've really got to work on that part of it. You've got to really work on being the best in your field. If you, Whatever you are, and this is the thing. Right now people are – changing it up. I mean, we used to have, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years ago, everybody was a life coach. Everybody was a Reiki practitioner. Okay, you know, wait, wait, wait. wait. Can, we, can you hold that thought for just – let me hold that thought for one yeah. second. For, your, for the audience's sake, platform, what are we calling mm. – is platform your brand, who you are, what you do? What is platform? All of the above. All of the above. So oh, okay, that's okay. what I'm saying. Yes, yes. So your platform is so like for instance, who so you for instance, are, like your number, your, your numerology, yes. for instance, numbers. So that's what what you should build upon. Like if it's doing YouTube channels, going out, doing shows, doing readings, right. doing just but stay in that field. Don't try to do jewelry. You know what I'm saying? If you're not a, that's not what well, you do. But you, you can, could do something associated that, with that. If you have a brand, if you have a brand, like if you have. You know what I mean? But you stick to yeah. your science of numbers, but you build upon that. That's what we're saying, platform. Right. That's how we're defining it. Yes. Okay. I just yes. want to make platform sure people understand what that means. Your brand. Okay. Right. Okay. So who you are. So if you are, whatever you are in your field, let's just use doctor for an example. I mean, that's just crazy, but right. let's just say a doctor. I mean, that you're not going to like go out and be a dentist. You're a doctor. So you have to focus in on what it is you're doing as a doctor and that's all you're focusing on. So stick to your right. brand and stick to what it is that you're doing and don't stray from that because people, it's like, if you look at big brands, we know Nike or Nike, however you want to pronounce it, as just that symbol. 
You know, it's it's crazy, but if we see that symbol, we know what it is because they've been consistent and they've they've never strayed from their brand, right? So that's huge. And so with with what I've done over the years, being who I am and doing what I've done, I really haven't strayed from what I what I'm talking about. Even though people have questioned what I'm doing or you know had skepticism about numbers and numerology and the science and numbers, I've stuck to my guns and I kept doing what I was doing. So it built the brand, it built trust, it built loyalty, it built a following, all of that stuff that you need in order to, and that's why I was able to get picked up by a publisher because they saw that, okay, she can sell her own book. She can contribute to the sale of her own book. And sadly, you could have the best book in the world, but they're going to look at the about the author section first and see if you have a great platform. And if you don't, then it's, it's you know, sad but true, but that's how it is. Got it. All right. Um, so you have the e-book, the book. And I know people are – some people don't know how books work. The residuals, when did they kick kick in and are they nice? Am I allowed to ask that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is with books, like I told you, you know, you could do your own stuff and it could be 100%. Can we back up a minute? Can we back up a minute? Yeah. Let's explain explain what residual is because a lot of people were talking about, let's earn passive income, blah, blah, blah. Let's explain how that Mm -hmm. works. I'll, I'll try it and then you can just like color in the details. So basically, a lot okay. of people talk about passive income and residual income. It's basically where you create one product one time, but you continually make revenue or you make money from it. Is that about right for the the definition for that? Right? Yes. Kind of. Well, it's okay. about yeah, it's it's about both. I mean, the books and the and the ebook and all that. Yeah. Okay, so, so let me so ask you this: your your sure. So through your publisher. When did that kind of kick in, and is was it totally worth the sacrifice for you to do it? I weighed that question actually because ten percent isn't <laughs> a lot, and and I thought, okay, this is a case of less is more. So right. yes, it's a lot less, but I don't have to lift a finger, and they're going to produce. 4,000 books per run. So, and they're going to sell it. They're going to put it in bookstores. They're going to put it all over. And they're going to sell it. I don't have to sell 4,000 books at a time. So I'm, right. I think I'm in my like fifth run of books or something like that. I don't know how many books I have out there. But they've done all the heavy lifting. They've done everything. So it's, it was well worth the sacrifice. I mean, I could have got 100%. But would I have sold that many books? Probably not. I mean, some runs were bigger than others. So it depends, right? It depends on the the demand and, and who wants what and what, you know, if they've sold a lot at one particular bookstore, do they want two or three or four or whatever. But they put it all out there. So, you know, it was worth it. It definitely was. So you, do you think – so it was worth it. So – It'll probably be even more worth it if you're either if you're a ten thousand air or a hundred thousand unit or a million unit bookseller. It's totally worth the sacrifice to do to actually write your own book, find a publisher, or put yourself out there to find an agent to get a publisher to get that one kind of like passive revenue stream going in. Worth it. Right. Can we? Yes, can we? Can, can we kind of say just, yes? Okay. Okay. Yes, we can kind of say yes, but you have to make sure that you get a, a good publisher because Llewellyn right. obviously is a huge spiritual publisher. I mean, if you just get some rinky-dink publisher that has no, you know, I mean, they have a few bookstores or what have you. I mean, this we're talking about Llewellyn, which is one of the biggest spiritual publishers in the world, so they are able to get you into everything and everywhere. So it depends, right? But if you're able to get a bigger publisher, then, yeah, it's totally worth it over self-publishing. Is it hard to, to get a publisher? Like, okay, for instance, I, I'm, I'm an artist or I know about marketing. I write a really good book on marketing and advertising from my perspective. And I approach, let's just say, Simon & Schuster or Penguin. 
Mm-hmm. Is it hard to approach them, or do I need a literary agent to actually do that? Or what, what would you think would be the approach for something like that? Okay, number one, again, we're going to go back to platform. Do you have an adequate okay. platform? Are you the best in your field? Are you a shining star in your field? Do you have accolades yeah. and you know all that? You know, do you look great on paper? Number two, yes, you're going to need a literary agent for those big the big publishers for sure. I mean, I was lucky enough to get in without it and that was just a stroke of luck or it was synchronicity, which is what I believe it was. But yes, you're going to need a literary agent. But first and foremost, work on your platform. That is the best thing that you can ever do for yourself if you want to sell is make your platform. You got to look like a rock star on paper. That's all you need to do to sell your stuff. Because when I sell my course, People know that I'm number one in the world. I, you know, I advertise myself as, and I have that claim to fame to do so. I had the O1 right. vision when I first came here, so I have that claim to fame. I proved myself. People know when they're buying my course. There's no other person on the planet that has a better course than I do. So that's why it's done so well, because I have a platform to prove that. So if there was one thing I could tell somebody who wanted to make residual income, who wanted to do an ebook, who wanted to do a course, make yourself known and make yourself great in the field of endeavor that you're wanting to pursue and make it very specific. Don't make it general. Don't make yourself, you know, uh, broad. Make it specific because the more specific, the better. And that's what a lot of people are doing now. Like I was getting to the point of the fact that everybody's a life coach and Reiki practitioner, and now everybody right, is having right, right. their own brand, which is great. You know, that's like what you should be doing. Hmm. Okay. Now let me ask you this. So I mentioned some really big publishers, right? Would it be worth it to take my chance if I'm just getting into the publishing field? How would I do my due diligence on maybe I want to take my chance with a smaller publisher that really believes in my project. They're passionate about it. They have a reputation with other publications. Is there a way to do my due diligence on them to make sure they fulfill their contractual obligations or anything like that? Well, a small publisher, yes, you'll get into some places and and those kinds of things, not to the caliber that a larger publisher would, but what it's going to do for you is leverage you for the next project. So, yeah, it'll do you some justice, but it'll give you something under your belt to say, hey, you know, Penguin, I have a published book. So they're going to be, okay, well, maybe we'll look at this person. So, yeah, that'll do you some, some good in that way, but initially not necessarily because a lot of the smaller publishers don't really have the capability of uh, you know getting you out there and really advertising you and um, getting you foreign contracts for example my book the energy of words is published in five different languages so they were able to pursue foreign rights for me so i have five different royalties um i guess contracts that are quarterly so those were significant for me because, you know, they're five different countries. And that was, you know, one of them was Chinese, which is obviously huge. Uh, it's a huge population. So that's that's one of the things that smaller companies can't necessarily do for you. Okay. All right, man. That's, I think that probably if somebody downloads this episode or whoever's listening, they got a lot. They got a chunk out of that. That was, that was a lot of good information. Okay. So you mentioned NDEs, not near-death experiences. I've had some conversations with people about this. Can you explain that from what you understand and then, like, your experience? Huh. Well, you know, like I said, I have – that kind of energy that I have a lot of fact with my faith type of belief. So even though I've had near-death experiences, it's still sometimes surreal to me even. But, you know, they say there's common denominators among spiritual or, you know, near-death experiences. And there is to some degree. But, you know, heaven is for real. Yeah, it is. But it's more like multidimensional 
infinitely multidimensional, which means that each near-death experience I had was at a different age, and each time was a vastly different experience. So for me, I can tell you that it depends on where you are in your spiritual journey or evolution or whatever you want to call it, um, conscious awakening, spiritual evolution, conscious evolution, whatever. That's how you experience your death experience. So, so for okay, me, wait. each time was vastly different. I have to ask you a question. Have you seen, are you a Marvel fan? Are you into like the sci-fi movies and cartoons or shows and stuff? Yeah, I kind of am, yeah. Okay, so have you seen Loki on the Disney, on the Disney Digital? No. Okay. No, I haven't. Is that so new? They have the, they have the, yes, I have. They have this uh, thing called the TVA, the Time Variance Agency. I believe that's right. Correct me if I'm wrong, audience. And mm-hmm. they talk about how things are, are multidimensional, multi-universe, yes. and like things happen. It's the same character, but different on different mm-hmm. time yes. timelines. Yeah, yes. I think, I think yes. that's I yes. think I'm saying that right. So yeah, you know. Let, let me just let me break it down for you real easy. Okay, so people are having dreams that are when they wake up they're like, wait, that was my life right now, but it's not my life. So they're parallel right. dreams. It's like if you right. Google the show Sliders. I don't know if you guys had it here in oh, yeah, the U.S., but in a Canada. Long time ago. Oh damn, that was such an awesome show where he would like jump and like slide into a different dimension. Multi universes. That's exactly. Yeah exactly what the other side is like. I swear to you, it is like every time I I crossed over, there was purgatory or the void. The void, I call it the void because I don't have any spiritual upbringing. So some people call it purgatory, whatever you want to call it. But the void for me was a black space that had no air, no sound, no light, nothing. Um, But it was really creepy. It was like you could feel like somebody was, watching you or something. So as you move through this black space, you would go upward a little bit into this more circular or oval space that would bring you to the light. And then it would be a vastly different experience each time. One time was people met me in the lotus position, several people, and pushed me back with air. It was just air, waves of air, and pushed me back. Um, So each time was... Yeah, so every time was so vastly different, you know, it, it just didn't make sense. It's like, okay, so where are the pearly gates? Where are the, you know, all this stuff that people talk about when they talk about heaven? Well, either I didn't get that far or it is totally multidimensional because, and I truly believe that it's multidimensional and it was about where I was because when I was four, when I choked on the gobstopper or the jawbreaker, you know, those big candies that were huge back in the day. Uh-huh. And I was playing in a room with these boys. They were, I was four and they were probably seven or eight and they didn't realize I was actually choking. They thought I was just kidding around. And, and so by the time they let me out of the room, I would just remember watching my mom running down the hall because she was talking with their mom at the table and, you know, while we were playing and, I just hit the floor, and boom. As soon as I hit the floor, I was out of my body. I was standing probably, I don't know, five or six feet away from my mother, who was trying frantically to get this out of my throat while they had called 911. And beside me were two spheres of light that just were hugely tall. I mean, I don't know how tall they were, but they were way taller than me. And it was like a metallic white. It was so white and so bright that I, I don't think we could see it with our human eyes. It would be too bright. But they they mm-hmm. were so close to me, and the whole room felt like a womb. It was like really like a warm bath. And these white spheres, they felt like people or something. But because I think I was so young, they didn't want to show themselves as being whatever they were because it would have scared mm-hmm. me. So they just were these white spheres so I just felt so protected and so so every time was different and then as soon as I was able to breathe again boom I was back in my body just like that and I remember tasting blood because my mom was trying to get this thing out of my throat so that's the first thing that I tasted when I woke up so 
it, it was just, each time was just so incredibly vastly different that it was like the show sliders. It was like, I think Stephen Hawking, for example, I think when he passed away, he was on to time travel. He was on to something. Because on the other side, it's circular time. And the only way I can describe it to someone, it's, it's a lot of things that happen to me on the other side are hard to put into human words. But circular time is like past, present, and future all at the same time. So it's like everything exists at once. It's like you could have 400 years here, but it'd be a blink of an eye there. So it's really incredibly yeah. magnificent. It's just, it's it's something that you really don't have the vocabulary here to, to really talk about. Um, I wish that I could, but that's the best that I can do in terms of really talking about that part of it. But um, after each experience, I did have things that were awakened inside of me. So I always feel like, they were for a reason because I always felt like, okay, why me? Why did I have three near-death experiences? Why, why three or why me? I mean, no, some people have none, and some people have one or you know what have you. But I had three. Why? And uh, you know, when I was four, I didn't realize it until I started school. But when I entered the classroom, I would always come in every day and I'd be knowing things about my classmates that. I didn't realize not everybody knew. So it wasn't until I was about 16 until I finally realized, um, you know, my friend called me out on it. They're like, how did you know that? And I'm like, what do you mean? And so I finally realized I was different from everybody else. And I really started to socially withdraw at that point because I didn't realize for all that time that not everybody knew extra stuff about people. Not everybody knew, you know, oh, her mom just had a fight or her, her dad just passed away over the weekend or whatever, you know, just crazy stuff that you would never even dream about. Like, it just, it was coming to me all the time. So, and it still does. So when I do readings for people, I don't wear the turban-wearing psychic and, you know, say that I'm, you know, giving you all that information, but it does weave into the picture because I do have that ability, but each time was kind of an awakening or an opening for me. Hmm. So, okay, so you had the NDEs. I think other people have said this too. Does it give you another, what would you call it? Does it give you a broader perspective on life or make you a little bit more grateful for things? What? Do, how does that change your Absolutely. perspective on how you see life? Okay. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm not afraid of dying. I mean, that's something that I can tell you right now. If you If you think about the fact that the suffering, you know, if somebody got shot or if somebody, there's a buffer zone. And I I truly believe that there is where if you think that they're experiencing suffering, it's really not. There's like a buffer. And when you pass, it's, it's all gone. It's like you don't even remember when you're in that moment, when you're in that space. It's like none of that even registers. The only thing that registers is, is really that, whole thing where they they say sleep when you're dead because it's like bliss and I wasn't ready for that I wanted them to send me back and that's why they met me like I said with the lotus position and coming with waves of energy because I was like adamantly you know when I, I was like fighting tooth and nail crossing over the second time and the third even uh, because I was like, no, wait, I don't want to do this again. I've already done this once. I don't want to do it again and again. Uh, you know, I want to be back where I can experience the exhilaration of the lows of the lows and the highs of the highs, because over there, there's no anger. There's no fear. There's no nothing. It's just bliss and love and peace, and it's like that warm bath I told you about, like the womb-like experience where there's no fear. You're just, you're just watching things neutral. And, yeah, that's beautiful when you're ready for that period of time. But I have things to accomplish in this lifetime, and I'm still not ready to to let go of life because life is the gift. It's like I read somewhere the other day that, you know, life here on Earth, I mean, we can't be arrogant and say that we're the only life forms in the whole entire universe. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So they said that that the earth school is the most difficult of all because we're here to learn how to manipulate energy. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's go back. 
let's go back to what you just said. The Earth School is the most difficult yeah. school to go through. Oh my gosh, that's very, that's a very deep concept. I never. Right. It's interesting that you said that. The Earth no, School. This, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, that's the thing. There are so many multiple planets. Like, if I could explain to you everything that I experienced in my near-death experiences, it would probably give you a short circuit. I mean, literally, the Earth School is the is the hardest school. The the bravest souls, they say, pick the Earth School because it is to learn how to manipulate energy. That's the main purpose of it all. And so, oh my, wow! I've never heard that. Challenge. This is good. No, it's the hardest challenge. So there are many other planets with lesser challenges and more easier lifetimes, but for us, this is the hardest one of all. So the most evolved souls are here, and. For us to be alive in this time period, look at what we're going through. Look at the stuff that's happening on the planet right now. It is mind-blowing. I mean, it's like, it is multidimensional. It is very, it's just, it's almost too much to comprehend the levels of things that are happening. And so right now, being alive right now on this Earth School if we chose that, then we must be the bravest of all because this is like the lifetime and of the all. we're still around, This is right? it. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. You hit, it on the, you hit the nail on the head right there because the people who survive this are the ones that are meant to carry forward to transform it into what it's meant to be. Hmm. So I know that's like that's really you know, top airy fairy, but yeah. The, the irony, the irony of what you're saying is, I was talking to I guess our last guest, I believe it was Doctor Iyer, and she was talking about energy, and a lot of people are really talking about energy these days, and it's funny that you mention manipulation of energy because that seems to be what it's all about. We, when you talk to people nowadays, energy, manipulation yeah. of energy, balancing energies, synchronizing right. energies, vibing. Well, think about oh, it. I hate using that word. Yes, vibing, oh, uh, boundaries, boundaries. I mean, think about boundaries, ba- right? Like anything we do, energy. it's about setting energetic standards, right? So anything we do, it's it's energy. It's like thinking about magnetism. Right, it's electricity. Think about how electricity flows. It's like we're born in a specific point in the energetic systems that make up all things. So we can't see what's flowing through the universe, but we know that in a point in time, we were born in a specific pattern of that energy. So and then you have CERN looking up like dark energy, the the hadron collider. They're looking for energy. Yeah. That makes you know, sense what you're saying. No, I, yeah, it's, it's so, I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, start getting into the depths of what I'm starting to really recognize, but the video game is changing. That's all I have to say. The, the reality of what is happening and, and how we're perceiving it and our perception, it is vastly changing very, very quickly. And, um, Thing, there are so many signs and so many, it's just incredible. It's like this time of being alive is going down in the history books. This is something, we're on a, a 90 degree shift right now. It is like, it's amazing. It really truly is. I mean, we should count our blessings that we are alive right now, that we are able to move forward right now and be able to um, still play our video games. Because it is an extremely challenging time, but also a very rewarding time at the same time. Yeah, coming uh, post-pandemic, um, like I said, if we've well, made it this we're far. we're not over yet. I, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if, if we've made it this far, there has to be something right. else. Right. It's global. So anybody who's listening that hasn't succumbed to COVID, I mean, you know, or hasn't, you know, uh, you're here for a reason, and you have to recognize that you you have this pulling. I'm sure I'm sure that you all do. Whoever listening, you you have this global pull. There's something big you have to, to to do. There's something greater than yourself, and 
those are the people that are going to survive all of this. And it's not that we're more special or that we're this or that. I mean, it's it's not about that. It's not a, a game of, you know, um, dominance or whatever. It's just a matter of our greater responsibility to mankind. We chose in this lifetime to have a greater responsibility to mankind. That's really what it boils down to. On this dimension. I hate to be that person, yes. but it sounds like yes. mankind's yes. on exactly. this dimension. Right. Oh, and wow. we live in multiple. We live in multiple. I know this is mind-blowing, but we do live in multiple dimensions. I mean, there are pieces oh. of us right now that are existing in other spaces and in other places. And it is very incredible to think that, but it's true. It's That's why people are, there's so many people reporting having parallel dreams. Like I said, you know, those dreams where you wake up and you feel like it's now, but it's not. But it is. It's some other lifetime that you're living coinciding with this one. So, okay, you're talking about parallel dreams. So I wonder... Do people have days where they feel like they're, they're literally, their spirit feels like it's being pulled in multiple directions, but then on their good days, that's when everything is in balance. It makes you begin to wonder that. Yeah. Well, that could absolutely happen because it's like your pieces of your consciousness are pulled in different directions because there may be something big going on in another dimension. There may be something or you're, or you're, you know, huge. That the frequency isn't happening. like on because of that. Because of what you're saying, there might be something very big and traumatic where a part of your soul on that other timeline needs more of you. Right. So we because could be a multi-dimensional being doing that. Absolutely, we are. Just I'm just I'm just throwing some shit be, out there. We are. Listen. I've okay. died three times, you know, I mean, I, I, I know what I know. I mean, I'm sorry that, you know, some people may be offended or what have you, but I know what I know and I've seen what I've seen. So, you know, I, I can only express that in in those forms. But I, I absolutely know that that is the case because I've seen it and I know that these dimensions exist and it's infinite. And the thing is, you know, when you feel like you're being pulled in multiple directions and then some days you feel like you're on you're you're you know you're on so to speak and you're all in one piece it it sometimes you know can also mean that I think about dreams I mean when we work through dreams we we actually die uh there's scientific evidence that says we actually it's like a mini death each time we go into dreams so we're going into I wonder who dimension. wrote that study. I would love to find that that research out. Oh, I can. I wish I was near a computer yeah. so I could find that. No, are you it's, by a computer it's actually a by book. It's, it's a book. It's a book. No, I can tell What's you the book that it's in though. It's um, the body keeps score. Okay, who's the author? Um, the body keeps score is he's and he's been studying this for. Many, many decades. He is like the utmost expert. He's Bessel, B-E-S-S-E-L, Vander, so Vander is two separate words, and K-O-L-K-M-D. The he body be from keeps South. Uh, he must be from uh, South Africa, one of the Africans. He could be. He could be. But this was one of the most life-changing books, and I resonated so much with what he said because he was so right in what, Oh, you know, a lot of what he was saying. And these are scientific facts that back up what I'm saying is that you actually die um, at parts of or stages of your dreaming state. So you could potentially pass away while you're dreaming. And, and that's why sometimes people do, especially elderly people, they'll pass away silently in their sleep because we do leave. I mean, I remember as a kid before and after my near-death experience at four, I would remember flying around my neighborhood at night and thinking it was a dream. Mm-hmm. But the next day, I'd be walking with my mom down the street and say, oh, that's that new pot that I saw in my dream last night. They must have got a new pot, a plant, new, and a, you know, a new uh, planter pot on their deck or whatever. And so, yeah, I was actually um, astral traveling during my – I used to sleepwalk 
all the time and scare the crap out of my mother. I would get up out of bed and like walk into the corner of the living room when she was watching TV and she'd have to put me back to bed. So I, I had lots of creepy stuff. She, she'd put all kinds of locks on the door and stuff because she was scared I would get out at night. But yeah, I would astral travel, um, sleep talk, sleep walk, you name it. I mean, I had all kinds of weird things happen. And, and I truly believe that astral travel is, is an amazing, incredible thing because I even have experienced it as an adult, and it's just an amazing experience. I don't know if you've ever done it, but. Uh, I think, okay, I've never admitted this out loud, but my thing, (laughs) my thing is, like, I don't know if you've ever had those dreams that, like, are turned into deja vu, like, in the future or the past. yes. You have those, those future dreams. Mm-hmm. So I have those, it's like having those weird, like, time experiences. So that's my thing, or just being able to see it. So it's like I don't really talk about it because, I don't know, I guess people don't understand it and they think it's a little weird. No, not in these days. I mean, anything goes not, now, not, right? Not in, yeah, now anything goes, yeah. Pretty much, it's like not to surprise you anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm waiting for the mothership to come. You know, like <laughs> the, literally, I just, like, that's that's all that's left, really, isn't there? <laughs> isn't it? I mean, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I just wonder what you, they look like. I, I mean, hope there's nothing. Okay, but so if you think stuff, that's weird, well, out. well, you know, you no never tentacles. know. But I tell you, I swear <laughs> to God, in the backyard the other day. There was, I was talking with someone and a bubble, I swear to God, a bubble, like an actual, you know, when you blow a bubble with a bubble wand or whatever, showed up mm-hmm. underneath the chair, went to the, t- underneath of the table, which had like a little kind of, you know, circular part underneath the table before the top of the table, burst under there. But then I was talking to somebody a couple of days later and they said, well, did, was there any residue? Are you sure it burst? Because uh, they had heard about something like this before. And I said, oh, wow. no, you know, that's, that, I said, that's so weird because there was actually a piece of wood under there and there was no residue. Because usually when a bubble bursts, there's residue. And I told this person, like, turn around, look, this is bubble. And they just missed it by a millisecond. And this bubble was probably the size of a large egg. And he said it was probably a spaceship. I know this is like wow. we're going into like weird territory here, right? But these Some are things that I'm black type boring, shit. but I'm like, yeah, no, it's just so weird. It's like people talk about, you know, beings under the, you know, underneath the earth. I'm like, what? You know, like, so when I saw this bubble, I'm like, where in the heck would a bubble come from in the middle of nowhere underneath a chair and burst underneath the table beside it? It just doesn't, I mean, and this person barely missed it by, it was only meant for me, obviously, to see. And it was not anything that was imagined. It was clear as day. There was no residue. So I don't know what it was, but it was a bubble. That's all I know. So things are happening that are just crazy. And, you know, like today, a squirrel almost came into my door. I mean, I, I had the door open and I'm like, the the squirrel had its paws on the top step, and then oh, there are butterflies keep trying to land on. Oh. It was a squirrel, and then there are butterflies you know? keep trying to land on me all the time. How do you know it was a squirrel? Birds. It could have been one so shape shifting motherfuckers. It could be. I don't know, but there's something really, really, really strange happening. I mean, things trying to land on me, things trying to come in at me. It's just so weird. It's very bizarre. It's I don't know. Um, I, I really don't like. I said the mothership next. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really really bizarre. But no, I I have to say you know those deja, deja vu dreams are premonition dreams, and I can believe that that's something that you're gifted with because I do know your date of birth. So you have multiple twos, which is something that resonates with those kids who were born 2000 and later, who have a, a lot of, that was weird. We had interruption. Do you hear that? Yeah. 
What was that? That was really bizarre. Oh. I'm not really sure. Again, there could be people trying to call in and they're not. I don't know because I just heard somebody, but I've had that happen before. Um, but yeah, you having the premonition dreams is not something that's that's shocking to me because you you really resonate with those kids that are 2000 and later that are very very sensitive, very very psychic. Um, you know, all that jazz. So pay attention to them, please. You know, like if you're having those and you feel like it is kind of like, wait, this is still, you know, write it down and, and keep track of it because it's something that might be important to somebody or yourself even or whoever, but, you know, pass it along if it's something that is, you know, relating to somebody else because it could be very significant. Hmm. Especially now. I mean, especially now, because everything is dialed up. And we're in cancer right now, which is very dialed up. It's all about emotions. So not Mm -hmm. only are people like you really dialed into emotions, I mean, it's like you're probably going to have a lot of dreams during this cancer season. Hmm. Maybe I should just write. I've I've thought about journaling. I've journaled uh, some things. You really should. Because... I'll tell you, uh, when I did the numbers uh, dreams, a lot of them came true. Like I was telling you before, when I moved to West Hollywood, the and this was you know back in my 20s, and I moved when I was 32, the number to get into my building was 1999 at the time and in West Hollywood. And that was a dream I had of a street sign in the dark in one of my dreams way back when I was like 22, 23. So, and, and, you know, there were many more like that that I had wrote down that I realized had come to pass. And it was just, it was phenomenal. It was incredible. So, you know, you could help a lot of people or help yourself by writing these down. I mean, that's, and then that goes for anybody who's listening. If they're having those kinds of dreams or if they feel like their dreams are trying to tell them something, write them down because dreams are so undervalued right now it's like people say oh they're just a dream whatever no this is like our connection to the other realm you know this is just like you know we are we're unhooking from physical reality and unhooking up to spiritual reality when we go into the dream state so these messages are extremely powerful right now it's something we need to really strongly pay attention to so with your num with your numerology and science of numbers, do you do you follow? Do you kind of like kind of go down the rabbit hole of numbers in your personal life? Like you're just like, oh, I should the go time. there because that all has all the time. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Every day you should look at your numbers and say, because I you know I say to people, okay, look at your year and say, okay, what's the theme for your for your year? But that's a whole year. What about the month? What about the day? You know, we wake up every day and we we feel different. You know, we might feel like we're in a good mood or we might feel like a, a Mack truck just hit us, you know. So who knows? You know, every day is different. So we want to look at, okay, why are we feeling this way? What's the energy of the day? What are we supposed to be focusing on? So look at the the date and say, okay, what does that add to? What is the energy of the day? And that, that means so much. And you not only look at the sum, but you can look at each individual value. So for me, it's easier because I know what it all means. But, you know, this is something that you can study and look up yourself. But it, it really matters because it really dictates what frequency you're under because it's all energy. So it's really just saying, okay, we're seeing the unseen. So what is rolling through today? What kind of energy waves are rolling through my life today? And you can see that by looking at those particular numbers to see what kind of energy is rolling through the day. There we go back to the earth school lessons of energy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. All, All cyclical. All in a circle. It comes right back to that again. <laughs> it sure does. I mean, you know, we're the bravest souls. So, you know, we took the song. We're the warriors, right? So mm-hmm. I guess we got to live up to what we took on because we didn't right. know what we bit off. <laughs> Master the lesson. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> okay, uh, Michelle, I, I don't think we, we didn't get anybody 
call in. I no, guess they didn't want to come. It's the time. It's the time. It's like I have a lot of East Coast peeps, a lot of – when I do my show at 4 o'clock, I get, like, off – if you listen to my show, I get off the hook callers. I think it's your time. I don't know. I, maybe people no. who are listening in on this kind of thing are already dreaming somewhere. Or maybe or maybe <laughs> they're, they're just listening, which is, which is fine. I, I want people to listen. That's cool. They can learn something and right. maybe apply it to their own life. That's what the purpose of the show is anyway. Right. Wow. That was a very interesting conversation. Well, um, that's it. Uh, is there any last resounding thoughts that you want to leave us with before we part or until next time? Well, I guess one thing I want to say is that I'm the most – well, one of the most skeptical people alive, really. I, I truly am, and that sounds really, you know, contradictory to what I do and who I am. But when I started out all of this, I was one of the most skeptical people in the world. And so I feel like anything goes, you know, don't discount anything. If you see something and you feel without a doubt that this is real or resonates with you or what have you, if it's... I always tell people to try it on. It's like, if this feels right to you, it's like trying on a sweater. It's like putting on that sweater. If it feels right and you feel like a sense of relief, then you know it's the right thing. It's like, it's right for you or it's the right thing. And so I I always use that analogy, but it's like anything goes. Don't discount it just because of what society says or what the mainstream media says. If it feels right to you, then it's right. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's that kind of world, that kind of reality. Mm, that's good. That's good. All right, guys. Um, well, thank you again, Michelle, for graciously coming and doing a second show. And we learned a lot. Books, NDEs, the Earth School. I'll be sure to share that when I uh, put my thoughts, my afterthoughts on the, my different social media. Um, buy the book. Go check out the book, The Energy of Words, right? Yeah, the energy words and then full numbers. But I've got a, another one coming out. Also, um, Angels from Heaven, Three Doors Down is my near-death experience book that I have finished. That's coming out as well. All right. And that's going to be it. Uh, so tune in next time. we got some really great guests this month. It's going to be a very strong month. Um, if you have any suggestions, feel free to reach out, scatterchatterpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram at Scatter Chatter Podcast. DM us. Let us know your thoughts, suggestions, and comments. And we'll go from there. Until then, be good to each other, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Well, not see you, hear you, or listen to you next Wednesday. All right, guys. Take care and love you guys. And thank you for your, your listening and for your ears. Appreciate you. We're out. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.